And hello everyone and welcome to our program. I'm Dick Batista along with Nathan Jones and thank you for being part of our program as we're going to take you once again straight to heaven as we look at Revelation chapter 22, the coming of the Lord. And before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Lord, we're, we're studying heaven, we're studying your victory, and that's important. It gives us such great hope, and I pray, Lord, people get excited about you coming back and setting up your kingdom and then going into the eternal state. We thank you for your great love for us and your great plans for your children in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And of course, again, another exciting program as we've been looking at this incredible series about heaven. And of course, Nathan, you and I have been having an incredible time just looking at these scriptures and allowing the Lord to open up these scriptures. And uh, it's been fascinating, Nathan, uh, all the wonderful things that God has shown us here in uh, Revelation. We started in uh, 21. Now we're making our way to Revelation chapter 22. Uh, last week, you took us through Revelation 22 verses 1 through 5. And a uh, very exciting passage. And today we're going to pick it up, uh, verse 6 and on. But... Hey, Nate, maybe someone is not familiar with what's going on here in Revelation. Would you be able to give us a quick recap of some of the things that we talked about, back up a little bit before we move forward? Oh, certainly, certainly. Well, bear in mind we are in Revelation 22. It is the last chapter of the last book in the entire Bible. And so all of human history has come to a conclusion. Uh, we are now into the what's called the eternal state. That's where... God creates a new Jerusalem, it's a heaven on earth, and it comes down to a new refurbished earth, which is called the new earth, and there God lives with his people forever. It's gone full circle, back to the Garden of Eden, where God walked and talked and had fellowship face-to-face -face with Adam and Eve. Well, that's our future. If you believe in Jesus as your Savior, your sins are forgiven, and you will, in that eternal state, that new Jerusalem, walk and talk and have fellowship with the Father once more. So, it is the an ultimate time period that all Christians are looking for, yes. where we live eternally with our loving Father in heaven. And Nathan, what an encouragement thing that is because of all that's going on in the world. What hope people have in their future when they place their trust in Jesus Christ. And that's why we talked a little bit about what it was going to be like, Nathan, uh, there there's going to be a place where there is no no more curse. Revelation 22, uh, 3, and, and you talked a little bit about that last week. And also, um, it's a place where the Bible says in verse 4 that we will see uh, the Lord uh, face to face and His name shall be uh, on their foreheads, those that have trusted Him. So we're talking about an incredible place. Well, finally, God has heaven populated with people who actually want to be with Him. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All of human history, it is boiled down to a choice, the ultimate choice you make in your life, for God or against Him. And those for God accept Jesus as their Savior in faith, yeah. their sins are forgiven, and they live with God who they want to live with, and God wants to live with us forever. God opens it to everybody, but we all have a choice. And unfortunately, most people throughout human history will choose to be against God. They will reject Him or reject His Son of Salvation. And they are sent to a place, as we read earlier in Revelation uh, 20 and 21, they're sent to a place called hell, the lake yeah. of fire. And they are eternally separated from God, and they continue to have the wrath of God on them because their sins are still left unforgiven. They didn't accept Christ's forgiveness. But for those in heaven, this is where we get almost all the description of the Bible about the eternal state is pretty much tied in Revelation 21 and 22. Mm -hmm. And like you just read, man, 
we are talking about the most amazing place. We, we as humans can't even comprehend what God has in store for us. But Revelation 22 and 21 previously gives us a little hint of this. That we shall see the Father finally face to face. He will have his name stamped on our forehead. In other words, he is ours and we are his. It will be a place of sunlight. God himself is the light of the new Jerusalem. And there we, as the saints, reign with God forever and ever. And what, man, a wonderful ending to the story, right? Isn't that awesome, Nathan? So here the Bible takes us from the beginning, the curse, uh, all the way to the blessings in Revelation 22. But it also gives us a time frame, right, Nathan? Some people are wondering, well, when is the Lord coming back? I'm so excited. I want this now. <laughs> so, and as you continue... Well, there's, there's quite a lot of time ahead for that. I, obviously, uh, the earth is waiting for, as Christians, the rapture of the church. We go right. to heaven. A seven-year tribulation will come upon the earth to judge the earth for its sins. Those who have accepted Christ during that time will live on into awesome. when Jesus returns his millennial kingdom, 1,000-year kingdom on earth. Satan will be released from a pit where he is stored for those thousand years and will lead those born in the millennial kingdom that wish to rebel against Jesus for one final rebellion. Jesus will wipe them out quickly with the fire. There will be no long protracted war. Satan will be thrown into hell along with his demons. And there will be a great white throne judgment where God will judge those who rejected him and they'll be judged based on their works. And because they never accepted the ultimate work, the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, they will unfortunately have continued the wrath of God upon them. Yeah. And they will go to hell. But for the rest of us, we move on into that eternal state. So there's at least 1,007 years between us and entering that eternal state. Yes. And you know, Nathan, I'm glad you at least put a time frame there so people, hey, don't be too much in a rush. <laughs> so... <Yeah. laughs> Well, heaven's going to be wonderful no matter what. So if you die and you've accepted Jesus your Savior, there will be heaven. We, that's absolutely. I'm particularly looking forward to the millennial kingdom where there's a thousand years of oh, peace man. and righteousness and justice on this earth. I'm looking forward to that. But the eternal state, <clears throat> that is a harder subject to tackle because we know so little about the Bible. Exactly. There's very little details. But, you know, man, to me, when you, when you read about the eternal state, it's not the end of the story. It's actually the beginning of the story. Excellent. It is when our true lives really begin. We're done this few six, seven thousand year time period. Right. And we enter into forever and ever and ever. And that's what God has truly made us for. And therefore, it's the beginning of the story, really, not the end of the story. Absolutely. So, Nathan, thank you so much for encouraging us with that. And, again, this is just exciting. So, Revelation 22 uh, beginning on verse 6, let's gear up and uh, dive right in, Nathan, if you want to continue to take us through. That is fantastic. Okay, well, with this section, it goes from verses 6 all the way to verses 11. Uh, let's break it down a little bit first. Verse 6, Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. Mm -hmm. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must short, uh, shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I yes. fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But then he said to me, See that you don't do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. 
He was filthy, let him be filthy still, but he was righteous, let him be righteous yeah. still. He was holy, let him be holy still. Mm. Again, Nathan, you know, it's almost like this is so amazing and hard to believe that it reminds me in Revelation 21 when you read for us in verse 5 as the Lord, as we opened it up and it says that he said to me, write these words for our true and faithful. And, and as you open this up there in verse 6 again, he says, uh, again, he said to me, uh, these words are faithful and true. In other words, because maybe it's hard for people to believe this, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, everything in the Bible is faithful and true, but you're right. I think it's like Wow, this sounds unbelievable. I mean, really, we're talking about a future that is outside of our understanding. Yeah. I mean, we live in the day-to-day -day grind of, of, of human life. Imagine being glorified bodies, being in heaven, having it gone through all of Revelation. You encounter all sorts of wild angels, like the four living creatures that look like part animals. They have six wings each, yeah. have eyes all over them. We read about angels that control the waters and angels that control the winds. Angels so big they can step across the ocean. I mean, they, it just blows your mind. We're talking about a tree of life that grows on the side of a river which flows out of the throne of God. We're just given the description of a city, the New Jerusalem, that's 1,500 miles cubed, that made of all the riches of diamonds, uh, excuse me, of uh, uh, gems and uh, also streets of pure gold. And, and God Himself there, and all our family who's accepted Christ there, and Jesus Christ our Savior there. It it's beyond understanding. Yeah. But man, there is no negative part of that story. There's nothing sad. There's no death. There's no sin. There's no suffering. It is complete and utter. What we call heaven. And, and that's why heaven is heaven, Nathan. Because you know it, it's interesting, Nathan. Because when you talk about heaven, everybody's face. I have never met a person who was saddened when you talk about heaven because all it does is bring joy and people automatically know there's peace it's an utopia for many and for us the believers it's a real place and it's full of joy yeah it's, it's complete happiness we can trust in other words everything you've read about in Revelation it's not just chapter 22 but from chapter 1 all the way up these words, the angels telling the Apostle John, are faithful and true. In other words, yeah. what you read in Revelation, it's going to happen. Yes, yeah, in the heart of the tribulation, which we read in chapters 5 all the way up to 19, that's going to happen. The millennial kingdom, which you read about in Revelation 20, that's going to happen. But then the eternal state, well, that's going to happen too. That's right. So <laughs> we can trust these words. This, this, we're, we're not talking about some abstract thing. We're talking about our future. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, what we are talking about is your very future. Woo, absolutely. Get excited, right? And Nathan, that's why we get very excited about doing these programs, because it really is excellent news. You know, Nathan, you and I, we did this long series about God's mighty angels and how when we look at the book of Revelation, we see this revelation coming through God's servants. And again, Nathan, we notice like how you opened up verse 6. It says, then he said to me, write these words uh, words are faithful and true and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place and in Revelation uh, 1 Nate, verse 1 uh, when you and I did the study uh, a while back we, we noted the same thing the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place and he sent and signified it by his angel 
uh, to the servant John. And you and I did that wonderful series about God's mighty angels, Nate, and how God was revealing these things through the angelic being, right, uh, to the Apostle John. Right, right. And it's neat, too, because when you get to verse 7, it says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Yeah. I think I understand what you're getting at. Go back to Revelation uh, chapter 1 and verse 3, and it tells you the exact same thing. Uh, let me pull that up here. Verse 3 reads, Blessed is he who reads mm -hmm. and those who hear the words of this prophecy yes. and keep those things which are written in. So you read it or hear it, and then you also keep the things that are written in. In other words, you take it to heart. You Absolutely. obey God's commands. Ooh. And here we're told the same blessing. I am blessed with you who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. So Revelation stands out in the Bible as the only book that promises you if you read Revelation and you keep its words, you will be blessed. Excellent point. And that's why for anyone that is going through the book of Revelation, and Nathan, and also I want to pause. You know, it's sad to me how the enemy has duped so many into thinking that the book of Revelation is hard to understand or that people really should be afraid of it or that they cannot interpret it. And you and I agree, they're missing out on a blessing. They are. Uh, it's, and Satan knows that. It, Satan, right. Satan hates Revelation because Revelation tells about his demise. It tells, that explains how all of Satan's plans are going to fail yep. and fail miserably. And that Satan will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And all who follow him will be following him into hell forever and ever and ever. It talks about the defeat of our adversary. And so he hates it. So what does he done? He's convinced a lot of people that Revelation is impossible. Even worse, pastors, don't preach on it because you're just going to confuse and upset your people. And they are being deprived of what Revelation chapter 1 and 22 both tell us, that there's a blessing for reading, hearing, and keeping the words of the prophecy of this book. Why would we want to be denied God's blessing? Excellent point. And, and Nathan, like we said, it is a ploy of the enemy and a plot, and people need to recognize that this is one of the books that really people should commit to memory, if nothing else, because of how encouraging it is. I mean, I just love that verse, Nathan. And also, uh, uh, you know, it gives us a time frame. Uh, verse 6, uh, so maybe, you know, sometimes people are wondering, when is the Lord coming back? Uh, how will I know He's coming back? Uh, what is the time? And we have so many different people also predicting that they know. But what does the Bible say, right, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, they think they know, uh, but the time is near. And all, the Apostle John lived 1,900 years ago. Exactly. So when it says near, it's actually a, I won't say it's a mistranslation, uh, uh, you actually get, I'm no Greek scholar, but when you read the commentaries, when it says near, it means it, it, it's coming soon. It's that when yeah. it happens, it will, it will happen fast. And it won't just be dragging on for centuries. So a lot of, uh, some, well, I would say, some of these end time prophecy teachers are trying to convince you that right. Revelation and the tribulation have been gone, going on for decades, if not hundreds of years. Not true. Not, not true. true at all. The Bible says these things will happen soon, quickly. In other words, right. when they come, They'll be one right after another. And as we read about the signs of the end times, that say, for instance, Jesus mm -hmm. gave in Matthew 24, that wars and rumors of wars would increase in frequency and intensity, natural disasters would increase in frequency and intensity, false prophets and false teaching would increase in frequency right. and intensity. I could go on and on, but the closer we get to Jesus' return, the signs of the times increase in frequency mm -hmm. and intensity. So we know that all these events that we're reading about in Revelation we're getting close to the time where they come. And when they come, they will come quickly. 
Excellent point. And again, Nathan, that's why I wanted to clarify that because there's a lot of misconceptions. People also, sometimes they can confuse Nathan with the second coming and the rapture. And these are different events. And also, uh, the Bible clearly tells us no one really knows the day or the hour when the Lord returns. But Nate, there is a difference between the second coming and the rapture. Can you clarify that for someone out there that maybe is not familiar with those terms? Right, right. They can be Christianese terms. I, I was actually on the radio yes. program in Washington State once, and I brought up the rapture of the church, and immediately the, the radio person was like, oh, don't use that Christianese word. I'm like, Christianese? Shouldn't you know what the rapture is? I mean, what Christian doesn't know about the rapture? But sadly, <laughs> we're in a time period where all the talk about the Left Behind books and how Lindsay and all are right. gathering dust, and the new preachers aren't preaching about the rapture of the church. Well, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 and Jesus even in John 14 all talked about his soon coming Excellent. where he would take the church, he would snatch, that's where we get the term rapture, snatch or caught up or take up the church off this earth before the wrath of God came upon the earth. Mm. And that is when Jesus will take us up to heaven. And then after that, the seven-year tribulation, Daniel's 70th week, it will occur. And then Jesus will return to the earth and bring those saints, that's us, and his angelic armies with him back to the earth at his second coming. So it's a return of Jesus Christ in two stages. Excellent point. And again, we wanted to clarify that because as we read the Bible here in verse 6, it talks about, again, the things that were short. It talks about coming shortly. Thank you, Nathan, for clarifying that for us. And then we get to uh, verse 7. It says, Behold, I'm coming uh, quickly. So that's why when we use quickly, People today, they think, oh, uh, Vic said he's coming quickly, so they expect me in five or ten minutes. But biblically speaking, it's a longer time frame. <laughs> oh, I know. The, the excitement about the rapture kind of took off when Hal Lindsey uh, wrote the late great planet Earth back in the, uh, around 1970 or so. And the Jesus movement and the Calvary Chapel movement, which you're a part of, man, you're a yes. Calvary Chapel pastor. You know better than anyone that it's fueled on the teaching of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Right. But people, when they heard come quickly, they thought, all right, well, he's coming next week, he's coming next year. <laughs> well, that, that's not what the Bible is saying, saying that signs of the end times would increase in frequency and intensity, Good and point. then when the events happen, they'd come quickly, they, they'd be in quick succession. And so I, I asked a few people who were really once in the Bible prophecy but aren't anymore, like, well, what happened, man? Why did you lose your excitement about the rapture? They're like, well... Jesus said he'd come quickly, but he didn't. He's he did. not here. Right. Uh, so I just gave up. I, I gave up. I, I said, well, I stopped believing it because it didn't happen quickly. I'm like, no, man, you <laughs> misinterpreted the come quickly part. The come quickly means when it happens, it will happen quickly. Yes. Now, Jesus said to look up and be watchful. He, he told That's his it. apostles 2,000 years ago that he'd be coming back. Now, it's a shame that we as Christians fail Jesus because mm -hmm. we, we are limited in our lifespans. Quickly and quickly enough for us, we start to lose faith and we fall away. How sad is that? Excellent point. And Nathan, I, and I understand we live in a generation where everybody wants everything right away. And truthfully, there are certain things that we can get right away in terms of content and media and music. I mean, they have, I don't know how many million songs accessible at the palm of your hands. Uh, uh, movies, they have so many channels down on cable. So I can understand people get frustrated when they have to wait for anything. They want everything now. But the Bible says, yeah. when the Lord says quickly, hey, we have to be a little patient. Yeah, yeah, we do. we, we got to be patient. 
But, you know, for God, quickly is quickly. The Psalms say that there you go. For a day for, for God is like a thousand years. Not a thousand years, but it's like. In other words, uh, for God, time is meaningless. meaningless. It, it, it almost never passes for him. So when Jesus says he's going to come back, 7,000 years by the time from Adam and Eve to the end of the Millennial Kingdom isn't much as a blip in his eternal radar. Absolutely. But for us, it seems to take forever, and we lose hope. But Jesus told us, Look up, be watchful. Yes. So we need to look up and be watchful. It's a command of God. Don't give up. He's coming back. Look up, be watchful. Anticipate it. Yeah. Keep the light on, the doorstep, because Jesus Christ is coming soon. Ooh, that is fantastic. You know, Nathan, this, this, uh, what I love about chapter 22, each verse kind of takes its own meaning as we've been going through this. It's like little tidbits of information. We get to verse 8. And verse 8 is very interesting, Nathan, because people ask me this question all the time. They say, uh, they say, Vic, is it okay for us to worship uh, angels? Now, you and I talked about the mighty angels of God, God's revelation, but the reality is angels are just instruments. So, Nathan, is it okay for us to worship angels? I know there's a lot of religions that they do all these kind of... What do you think? Well, not according to this angel. He right. said, see that you don't do that, basically. <laughs> exactly. Stop it! You know, John... Here John had seen all that wonderful thing. John had already previously fallen down to worship an angel, and, and it, it just, he saw Jesus Christ, and he felt worship him, and that's appropriate. But the angels throughout the Bible, again and again and again, are like, don't worship me. You know, actually, they're, they're almost terrified of it, because it's the sin of pride is what makes Absolutely. Satan fall, and his demons with him. And therefore, the angels, you know, they don't want to get this big head and start get, taking worship upon themselves. They... They, they fear it. They don't want it. They they put us in our place. Sure, they're super more powerful than we are right now, but they're like, we are just servants like you. We serve the Absolutely. same God. Don't worship us. So, brother, if anybody thinks that they should be worshiping angels, don't do it. God doesn't want you to. Actually, yeah. idolatry, idolatry is the worship of, of angels through demons and through idols. Yeah. The demons that the idols represent demons, and the people worship the demons through idols. And that is a total blatant disregard of the first and second commandments. That we yeah. shall have no other God before Yahweh God, and we shall not worship idols. So, yes, yeah. definitely do not worship angels. Yeah, and, and Nathan, we hear this all the time, that people think, oh, well, we're, we're, we're praying to St. Michael or St. this or this saint, and they have these little uh, statues all over their home of the different saints, and they burn, they, they light candles to them, uh, especially different religions, the one that I came out of, I came out of Catholicism, and, and I say, and it's like this reverence thinking that it's, it's almost taking the place of Jesus Christ, our intercessor, and they're going through the angels when they have access right through Jesus, right, Nate? It's sad, isn't it? Especially when you read the writings of the Middle Ages, <clears throat> very much like you said, Catholicism, where you, you need a mediator uh, between a mediator yeah. between a mediator. You know, you're this saint and, and Mary and, and all, and you like we can't go or even the priest. You know, some people can't even uh, think they're going to heaven unless they quickly confess to the priest before they die. Mm -hmm. But that's not true at all. Once Jesus died for our sins, He gave us the Holy Spirit. Yes. We have God in us. We're not God, but God is in us through the Holy Spirit. We don't that's need. Right a mediator other than God himself through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So yeah, the angels are servants like we are. They do the Lord's deeds as we read throughout Revelation. If you pick up uh, and read, they go out and they, they serve the Lord as the Lord tells them what to do. But they're not to be worshipped, ever to be worshipped. And Nathan, and that's why we, for, for those of you that are following along with us, it's just to encourage you, uh, Jesus paid it all. 
prayer, it, it needs to be in Jesus' name. Uh, yes, God did some incredible things to angels and the apostles and different people, but at the end of the day, they're just instruments. And the Bible teaches, right, Nathan, that angels, they're actually here to serve us, you and I. Yeah, one of the reasons, again, that Satan rebelled against God is uh, his hatred for God stamping his image on his people, which is right. with humans. So the angels you know, feel much more powerful than us, and they are at the time. Uh, now, once we get our glorified bodies, that, that will likely change. Mm -hmm. So the angels understand that, sure, they're more powerful, but they serve God. And they serve us, they serve God through us, so to speak. So yeah, I, you're absolutely right, Nick. It, it, we are, as the angels said right there, worship God. Verse 9, That's worship right. God. Do not steal the words of the prophecy book for the time of the hand. Just worship God. Just worship God. Do your job too, John. Seal, don't, right. don't hold these words back the Bible gave you. Share them with the people of the world. Uh, let them know people are going to act like they've always acted. The bad will act badly, the good will act good, but if you are a holy one, you are, are saved by Jesus Christ, you don't need an intercessor, you don't need an angel, continue to be holy, that's let right. him be holy still. Excellent point. And, and we only have about a minute left of the program, and that's why as we look at this incredible topic, uh, I think... I think some of you maybe are encouraged out there because maybe you've been looking for answers, but it's right here in the Word of God when it comes to idolatry, when it comes to angels, uh, all these sort of things. Uh, the Bible is very clear. Now, if you have a problem with that, you have a problem with God. You have a problem with the Bible. And this is why, I mean, it's the angel himself speaking to the Apostle John saying, hey, don't do this. So, Nathan, I think this is just a, a great study uh, for anyone that's really uh, searching and seeking out for the truth. And maybe you are seeking the truth and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Well, the Lord can reveal Himself to you powerfully, uh, even right now. Uh, Nate, would you be able to maybe speak to that person that maybe they have been worshiping the wrong thing and they come to a realization that maybe they do need Christ? Would you be able to share with them how they can start a relationship uh, with Him right now? Well, as the angel said, worship God. And how do you worship? Well, you have to get rid of the barrier that's between you and God, and that's your sin. It's, it's a rebellion. It's a hard thing that it has actions behind it. That what you do is you you reject what God says, you reject who He is. You just go out and do your own. Now you probably realize that that's the way you've been living. Your life is a failure. Hey, we can't live on our own without the source of life, as we've been reading in Revelation 22. So we surrender our lives to God's Son, Jesus Christ, who loved us so much that He died on the cross for our sins. And when we repent of our sin, when we turn to Jesus Christ and accept Him as the Savior risen from the dead, then the guilt of those sins and the judgment for those sins are taken off of us and put on Jesus Christ. So pray from your heart. If you believe in Jesus Christ, your Savior, pray. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will forgive you of your sins. The wrath of God is taken off of you. And you can then stand before the Father forever in this wonderful eternal state we've been reading about. Oh, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, that's an invitation for you out there. And God loves you. God has a wonderful plan for you. He is coming soon. We do have to be a little bit patient in certain areas. And also, everything that the Bible says here is true. Jesus is faithful and true no matter what you're going through. So we want to encourage you to continue to keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Well, Nathan Jones, again, uh, we, we, we're having such an incredible time that it's hard for us to get past a few verses here, but it's just an incredible teaching. I want to thank you so much for opening up those other scriptures to us. Right. Well, we're getting through there, but there's just so much meat in this that I'm glad, Vic, that you're taking this first by verse. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's always great to have you on. And of course, again, we want to encourage you to continue to study the book of Revelation, continue to read it, and continue to ask God to reveal to you His truth. I'm Dick Batista, my co-host Nathan Jones. We want to thank you for being part of the program, and may the Lord bless you.